He's the son of purpose. He's the son of power. Hey man, it displays the grind. What am I saying? I'm saying he literally had a hammer in his hand. He literally had wooden nails or pegs or some form of to holding wood together when he built them yokes. Wouldn't it be a blessing to have up in your barn one of the yokes that the Lord made? Hey man, wouldn't it have been something to come out there with two odd looking oxes? One of them had a crooked neck and when you got over there, hey man, uh, to where they made the great God and they automatically fit. He uh, didn't need no measurements. Uh, he almost knew he was coming. Hey man, he is a man that gr- he was grinding. He was working. Here, one, notice the limiting in the comments, the verse 55. I said again, they, they had contempt for him. They wanted to remind him. He's just another man. He's a resident in Nazareth. He's ordinary. He's common. There's nothing special about this man. That's what their comments was about. But watch this. They didn't like his preaching. Look at verse number 50. And shall cast them. Jesus is preaching. And in verse number 50 he says, And shall cast them into the furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. See, they tried to minimize the Lord. They tried to humanize the Lord. They tried to say, well, he's an ordinary carpenter. We know his mama, his brothers, his sisters. He just lives over in that town, Nazareth. And can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He lives from the bad side of the tracks, the wrong side of town. We've seen him since he grew up. You know, he's got a, you know what they said about his mama before he was ever born anyway. I mean, she was pregnant before they ever got actually married. There was a spouse. And they tried to humanize him, bring him down. Or they tried to limit him in their comments. And by the way, let me just say this. If anybody's going to limit the Lord, it's going to be our unbelief. It's amazing to me that finite man can limit an infinite God by unbelief. Amen. Even the Bible tells us in the Old Testament and other places that they limited the Holy One of Israel. And so the problem was, Brother Jared, they didn't have a problem necessarily with the man. I mean, can you imagine having a son, mamas and daddies that never talked back to you? And all y'all should have said amen. He had never had one that tried to sucker punch the other one. He had never had one that lied to you. Didn't have to ever worry about one. Uh, hey, listen, I mean, they couldn't find nothing wrong. No blemish in his character. I mean, at 12 years old, he's preaching down to the temple and, and them bunch of scholars is sitting down like he's at the schoolhouse and had the professor talking to him. Amen. I mean, he's a young man and he's grew up in this area and said, we know him. We know about him. We know his family. We we know his friends. Hey, we even know what he did to make the fortune. Hey man, he's a poor man, but his, his, his daddy's got a carpenter shop down the road. The problem wasn't the man. The problem is they didn't like the message. You know why a lot of people don't like to go to a Bible-believing church? It's not that they don't like the members. It's not that they don't like the man behind the pulpit. That The truth is they don't like the message coming across the pulpit. They don't like the message that everybody in the sanctuary is amen in. And no matter how hard you preach, they just egg you on. He can plow up from A to Z and be guilty of all of it. And if you love the truth and know the truth, you'll just say amen and owe me at the same time. The problem is they didn't like his preaching. He was preaching on hell. And folks don't like, hey, listen, as sure as there's a heaven, there's a hell. And if you reject Christ, the ultimate destination for your life in eternity is hell. The only exit ramp off of the Broadway that leads to the wide gate that 
that ends up in the pits of hell, the only exit ramp is Jesus Christ our Lord. And the only way you can get the exit ramp is if he opens the gate wide. Ain't you glad he went to Calvary and was lifted up that he might draw all men unto himself. And he's not willing that any perish. Man, man, I feel like preaching that. Amen. They didn't like his preaching. His preaching pointed out their fallacies. Their preaching pointed out their final destination. He, they didn't like preaching on hell. But look in verse 52. They didn't like his preaching either. <laughs> Matter of fact, in verse 51, he just pauses and said, did y'all get what I was preaching? Is anybody out there, did y'all get this? I, 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 y'all hear me? Verse 51, Jesus saith unto them, have you understood all these things? They say, yea, Lord. Verse 52, then said he unto them, therefore every scribe which is instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Listen, I mean, they didn't like his preaching on hell. They didn't like his preaching on being a householder because a householder has to give account of expenditures, amen, and deposits. They didn't want to give, they didn't want to give an account of their life. But one day, everybody in this building, hey man, believer or unbeliever on planet earth including the sorry devil is going to have to bow the knee one day and call him Lord. Hey man, uh, listen, they didn't like the householder message, but watch this, look at, look at verse number, they didn't like the preaching on hell, watch this in verse number 57. Bible says this in verse 57 and they were offended in him but Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Watch this. And he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. So their words, their unbelief, had limited in their comments. But he had something to teach them. Amen. And he preached to them. Hallelujah. They learned something from his comments. But then there was a loathing in the comments. They wanted him gone. They wanted him out. And so the Bible said he did not many mighty works. I just wonder tonight, I wonder today, I wonder in whose heart, in whose life, that we are limiting Christ from doing something in our life. I get to thinking every time, I get to thinking about limiting and, and not unbelief hindering the will of God. I get to thinking about being down there at Lazarus' tomb and the Lord's could tell the mountain to remove hence the yonder place and he tells them to remove the stone from the mountain. Well, he didn't put the stone there. They put the stone there. And the only thing that was standing between Lazarus, their brother, and the Lord was a stone that they put in the way. I wonder how many of us got limiting stones. Hey, man, standing between the Lord and the miracle you're wanting to see in your family. Oh, yeah. The Lord ain't going to move it. You're going to have to move it. And it wasn't the Lord that tied him up neither when he told that crowd to loose him and let him go. I wonder how many people were limiting God touching our mouth, limiting God touching our feet, limiting God touching our hands. I mean, here he is alive and he's bound up and he can't do nothing for God. He can't talk for God, walk for God, work for God. Oh, but won't it be a blessed day when we who have bound others up go ahead and do our part to see that they, hey man, have got liberty. Hey man, they limited him in their comments and in their unbelief. They learned something from what, his, what he preached from his comments. But they loathed what he said. They didn't like him. They belittled him. Hey man, they didn't like his message. It wasn't the man. They got offended. But I sure like this, Brother Jared. He never changed his message to make sure everybody agreed with it. 
Amen. Y'all know that's right. Preach on. Oh yes, he didn't. He didn't change them, man. He didn't change the scriptures. He didn't change his sermon, man. He just kept preaching what he'd always. Y'all remember what's going to happen in John six? Some of that crowd's going to get mad, get so offended they walk and go the other way. I like what Jesus said. Looks at that crowd that stuck with him and said, "Now, because they have left, and my message is stout, are you also? Where can we go? Hey, man. Thank God it showed. It's not this." It's this question showed the son of power. This question showed the son of purpose. But look with me in Mark chapter number six. It's another place I think shows us this son of purpose. Shows us the grind of a servant. Don't you know the Bible does remind us that he did not come to serve, hey man, get served, but to serve others and to give himself a ransom for many. I love his text. Look what the Bible says in Mark six and in verse number three. Same context, same area. Look what the Bible says. Is not this the carpenter? Another time you find it in the King James Bible. Now remember, they limited Christ, their unbelief. They loathed Christ. They didn't, they didn't like him. They displeased them. And some of them are going to leave Christ. In fact, in verse number six, and he marveled, Jesus is marveling because of their unbelief in Mark six and verse six, and he went round about the villages teaching. They disbelieved him. They disdained him. They limited Christ. They loathed Christ. And it wasn't long Christ left. Listen, if you don't want the Lord down at the church, he'll go somewhere else where he's welcome. I like him out here. Amen. I know, I know I've said it last week. I know our job. We ought to be like David who says, come let us magnify the Lord. We ought to be like Paul and said, I want my life to magnify God. I, 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 want, I said it last week. I feel like I need to say it again. How do you magnify God that's already everywhere at one time? You can't go nowhere he's not. You can't go nowhere he hadn't been. He's the only one can leave where he's at and show up somewhere else and still be where he was. Hey man, he's the only one can stand in past, present, and future at the same time. He's the only one that can sit on his own right hand. Hey man, that's, that's nothing ever gonna take him by surprise. There's nobody like him. Hey man, and can you imagine what it's been like for somebody to say, hey, preacher, just hold on a minute. I wanna magnify God. Well, what they're saying is, what they're saying, like I said the other night, the only, the only way you can magnify somebody who's already big is if you had the choir standing up there and Hollis was standing up there in the choir everybody got out of the choir Hollis is the only one up there well he's a big deal because he's the only one up there and the only way we can magnify God is to get everything else off the platform get everything else from distracting and make him the center of attention somebody help me that's the only way. Help us. Come let us magnify God. But instead of magnifying him, they try to minimize him. And if we find it in our text. It's another case, another text. Just like Matthew 13, we see the son that has a purpose. We see, we see the daily grind of a servant. But go with me, if you will, to the fourth time you find it in your King James Bible. Let's look in Luke chapter number four and in verse number 22. Thank God for a Bible study. Amen. And Luke chapter four and verse number 22. Now, I want to read just a portion of Scripture. Stay with me. Look in verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. See that? As his custom was, he's known for going to church. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. 
I wonder if they say about you, you know, he's known for being down at the church house when the doors is open. And stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Watch this in verse 20. And he closed that book, closed that scroll, that book of Isaiah, (coughs) gave it back to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, watch this, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered that the gracious words was proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not, there it is again, is not this Joseph's son? You see this text, this text today. Don't just show us the grind of a servant. Don't just display the greatness of a son. But this one here shows us the glory of the Savior. All right, here we see the glory of the Savior. Here he's reading in that book of Isaiah. And tradition had always told them that that scripture was about the Messiah, that the Spirit would be on him. He'd heal the brokenhearted. Remember when John is down and he's down in spirit and down in the prison. He's down on a purpose. He's down there doubting some things. I believe he, he questions some things for our benefit. He says... One of them disciples, he said, go ask him, is he the one or do I say, wait a minute. If John the Baptist that was got full of the Holy Ghost, ain't nobody like him, got filled with the Holy Ghost from his, inside of his mama's womb. He's preaching in his mama's womb. Hey man, she's going to get tore up because what he's preaching inside of her womb. Hey man, he stirred up just because Jesus showed up. Hey man, we are, hey man, somebody run for me. I can't run today. Hey man, Lord have mercy. And he, and he stirred up, she stirred up and said, whoo, hey man, the, the forerunner of Jesus is in prison being persecuted for preaching the truth. He didn't do nothing but preach what's right. He pointed that old devil's sin out. Hey man, told him he shacked up and shouldn't, shouldn't be committing adultery. He told him he's wrong and got thrown in and then got beheaded for standing for the truth. I don't know what his first words out of his mouth. I know that Mason, I think first word was daddy. Probably. She says mama, but probably daddy. But I think his first words was repent. Hey, man. I believe the last word he said was probably repent. Hey, man. I mean, he came as a forerunner. But now, brother, he's discouraged. He's defeated. He's down there in lockup. And he sent somebody, said, is, and you know what the Lord told him? He said, go to go, this text. He said, go tell them the blind's receiving their sight. Go tell them, thank God the captives are being set free. Woo, amen. This shows the glory of who he is. So Jesus went to church that day, grabs the scroll, reads the scrolls in a standing position. That's one reason we do it. And he reads it in a standing position. And then when he got done, handed the scroll back to the minister or the head pastor of that little 
synagogue and then sat down in the seat. That seat was where nobody was to sit in but the Messiah. He sat down and all eyes was on Christ. And they said, wait just a minute. Is not this Joseph's son? Oh, he is Joseph's son. But he's a whole bunch more than that. Amen. Notice the claim in verse number 21. I love this. He said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your sight. So he made a claim. He, he told them. He made it plain to them, Brother Jared, that he was the Messiah. He, he confirmed it. He confirmed it and taken the seat. He confirmed it in the scriptures that he read. He confirmed it in what he said. Listen, if God confirmed it one time, that'd be enough. But he's confirmed three times and him standing and reading the scripture and him saying that the spirit is on him and him sitting in the seat. Amen. I'm so glad we have a threefold witness right in our text. Yes, he's Joseph's son, but he's more than just, he's just that, not just a earthly father of Jesus. Thank God. Well, think about this. I got to think another day. As far as we know, Joseph died before Jesus' ministry on earth ever started. Can you imagine what that been like for the Lord of glory to pick you to be the father representative on earth? He didn't have no blood connection to Joseph, but he had an adopted connection to Joseph. And that adopted connection to Joseph gave him right to the throne. But now, amen, thank God, the blood connection through Mary gave him a blood connection to the throne. Hey, man, I'm so glad, thank God, Jesus had all this. Hey, man, wrapped up and figured out for the world ever was. But for the foundation of the world, he was the lamb slain. Ain't that a blessing? He showed him in scripture. He showed him in, showed him in the seed. He showed him in what he said. He said, this day is the scripture fulfilled. And so we see the glory of the son. Now, they are denouncing Christ. They're denying Christ. But watch this. Look at verse 23. And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb. He's telling them. They're going to say it when he gets crucified. Physician, heal thyself. Remember they went by and wagged their head. Said he saved others. Let him save himself. Ain't you glad he didn't save himself? Thank God he didn't go to save himself. He, go, he went to give himself. But if he'd have saved himself, he couldn't have saved us. Ain't you glad he didn't save himself? Hey, man, hey, he said, proverb, he said, listen, there's going to be a day that you're going to say, and according to this proverb, heal thyself, whatsoever you have done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And so with a proverb, Christ is preaching to him. Watch this in verse 24. And, and he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you the truth. He said, many widows were in Israel. He said, listen, y'all seen me practice. Y'all seen me grew up. You cannot bring anything against me on my account. You've seen me practice what I'm preaching. And he preached a proverb. He showed them in practice. But this, look at that next verse. Oh my. He says, and this right here, it brought it down. He said, listen, y'all had the privilege that I came to you first. Remember, in John 1, he came into his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him to, him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. He's going to point this out. See, oftentimes, when Israel rejected Christ, he went 
to the Gentiles. When God was rejected by Israel, he went to the Gentiles. I'm so glad he went. When God showed Abraham, lift up your eyes, I'm going to let you look at the stars. And he said, as sure as you number the stars, that's how many seeds you're going to have by way of Jacob. And then it, before he did that, he said, look at the sand on the shore. Well, that makes sense. That's perfectly in order. The sand can't be numbered. That represents Israel. But the stars that can't be numbered, that represents the church. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Bless his name. He's always had a purpose to go to us. Watch what happened. And so he told them, he told them about their privilege. This shows the son of providence. Watch what happened. He said, I'll tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias. And when the heaven was shut up three years, in verse 25, and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarapath, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. He said, look, you rejected the privilege, and so I went to the Gentiles. Oh, Hallelujah. I'm so glad he's been doing that. Hey, man, hallelujah. He went to a Gentile widow to take care of the man of God, but that ain't all. Look at verse 27. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, save in Naaman, the Syrian. And all they that were in the synagogue, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. And they rose up to thrust him out of the city and led him under the prow of the hill whereupon the city was built and that they might cast him headlong. And watch this in verse 30. And he passing through the midst of them went his way, came on down to Capernaum. Listen, here's what he's saying. He said, look, uh, he said, I preached to you a proverb and you didn't receive it. I, I, I gave you, I gave you the picture of the Messiah and the scripture I read and the fact that I said I have fulfilled it and the place I took in the seat. He said, I've showed you, you rejected it. I preached to you a proverb and I'm reminding you, you won't believe now and you're not going to believe when I'm standing on, amen, nailed to the cross at Calvary. When I'm standing on that hill, Golgotha, you're not going to believe it then. He said, I'm telling you what you're going to do in the future. But let me take you back to the past. When Israel had many widows, they wouldn't care for my man of God. So I sent them to a Gentile widow. When, when, when Israel wouldn't come to me in faith and be cleansed of their leprosy, I sent them over to, amen. I say, hallelujah. God's showing them. He said, look, it was a privilege that you rejected. So we see he's not only the son of power, the son of purpose. Amen. The, he's the son of providence. But watch what he says in verse number 29 of John 4. Boy, this is good. I love this woman at the whale. Hallelujah. Hey, this woman at the whale. I love this story. This shows us he's the son of pardon. We see not just in, in Luke 4, we saw the glory of the sun. And Mark 13 and Mark 6, we saw the, amen, the grind of a servant. Amen. And, and the previous, in the first text in Matthew 12, we saw the son of power. Oh, but thank God he's the son of pardon. We see the grace of the son. Look what he said in John 4 and verse number 29. I like, I like what he said. I must needs go through Samaria. Now watch what the text says. Everything in the Bible. Do y'all believe in all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed? Do y'all believe all that? Do y'all believe in the, I even believe in the divisions of the chapter. God's providential. If he inspired the word, he can preserve a word. 
or else why would he inspire a word that we wouldn't go have to preach and inspire it? No, he's the same God that inspired it, preserved it. I believe everything in the book. I believe the maps. I believe the front where it says Holy Bible. Amen. I believe everything in this Bible. And I've done, this is April the 19th. I'll be here 25 years. This Jubilee will be the 20th Jubilee. And I've came too far. You ain't going to make me doubt anything in this book. I believe everything in this Bible. A lot of times when there's a contradiction, it's a lack of study or a lack of understanding. Watch what happens. I believe everything in this text. And everything is for a purpose, even small words. Look at verse number 7. He must needs go through Samaria in verse 4. But watch verse 7. There cometh what's it, a woman of Samaria to draw water. Now you say, preacher, what's the big deal about that? Well, turn over to verse 28. And verse 28, she's not just a woman. Y'all see that? You have a definite article there. And in verse number 28, she's the woman. See, Ezekiel was a son of man. But Jesus is the son of man. Ain't you glad one day you wasn't just a man but became the man? He said, Preacher, how'd you become the man? Because you came, you was the man he was looking for that day. Ain't you glad he was, you was the woman he came looking for that day? Hey, man, it wasn't, hey, wasn't, just, wasn't just Samaria he was wanting. He was wanting a sinner that day. Hey, man. Hey, man, I, I wrote this down one day. The Savior of the world met at Sychar's well a Samaritan woman and gave her salvation water, and she became a saved woman and a soul winner. <laughs> Woo! Somebody help me. Oh, God, have mercy. Hey, man, bless the Lord. Watch this, watch this. Notice, first of all, in our chapter, there's a meeting for the Savior. In verse number 20, our fathers worship this mountain. She's having this discussion. She's met him. And, and she first, they talk about water. Then in verse 20, she'll, he'll talk about wickedness. And then she'll bring up worship. She said, hold on. And in verse 14, I believe it is, whosoever drinketh this water shall, that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water spring up into everlasting life. Ain't you glad one day when you was a sinner and tried every, every, every drinking hole of the world and nothing satisfied you? Ain't you glad you found something that satisfied your thirst? Oh man, thank God he's preaching about water. And in verse, and if you flipped over to verse number 28, hey man, you'll find him talking about, about her being transformed. Before he gets to the point where he saves her, he goes and tells her to call, call your husband. She said, I ain't got no husband. He said, you're right, you ain't got no husband because you done had five and you shacked up with one now. But y'all remember the message I preached on sevens in the Bible? That day, she is looking for perfect love. I can't help it's a country song. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> hey, but that day, that day, she met the seventh man. <laughs> Woo! Hey, man! She met the seventh man that day. He was going to love her in spite of her. Hey, man! He met her right where she at. So he's talked to her about water. 
He's talked to her about wickedness. She wants to bring up worship. Amen. She says, well, our father's worshiping this mountain. I'm pretty good. We got some religious heritage in our background. Oh my, the meeting for the Savior. But look, this woman was the mission. Hey man, watch what happened. The Bible said in verse number 28, the woman left her water pot. She was his mission. She was the reason he came there. Priority changed. She left the water pot because she had a well. Amen. Amen. And then she goes, hey, priorities changed, then her proclamation changed. Most everybody would read the text. It tells you she came to the well in an odd time of day. Most everybody comes in the early hours. She came after everybody left. She had a rep she had ruined all the men knew she was, all the women knew she was, amen, but she wasn't running and hiding now, she had a message to tell, and she went proclaiming the truth, here's what she said, notice what the text said in verse 29 come see a man which told me all things that ever I did, here's our verse here's our, here's our phrase is not this the Christ Oh, thank God for the meeting with the Savior. Thank God for the mission he was on. Hallelujah for the multitude that saved. Watch what happens. Hey man, she influences the multitude with those words. Is not this the Christ? Hey man, the, he's, a, he's a son of grace. He's got omniscience. He told me all things that ever I did. She made an offer. She said, is not this the Christ? And watch the opportunity that she gave them. She got folks to come out to hear hear the words of Christ. She had an influence on the testimony. Her testimony impacted, no matter what she used to be, her testimony impacted people to leave the city and come to Christ. That's our job today. It's when we get saved to go tell everybody we can, come see a man. Is not this the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah? Is not this the son of David? Is not this Christ? I say amen. And y'all remember what he told her. Y'all remember, y'all do remember what he told her. Let's look at verse 25. Because, you know, some smart or not so smart theologians will say he never said he was the Christ. Well, look at verse 25. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Did y'all see that in your King James Bible? Somebody ordered, I pictured, as soon as I read that verse, I thought Brother Jerry would run through the wall right there and leave a cartoon cut out of him. Amen. I mean, we ought to get excited. This is not, amen. He's answering our questions through other people's questions. Boy, I appreciate that. It's not this the Christ. This woman had a mission. She went from being a woman to being the woman. She had an influence on the multitude. She gave an influence to the multitude and then there was an increase to the multitude. Let's look what verse 41 says. And verse 41 says, when they come out and hurt him for themselves, and many more believed because of his word. Did y'all see that? Many more believed because of his word. It's not our job to save sinners. We're to be a soul winner, but we can't save sinners. But I tell you what we can do. We can do what we used to do when I was little. We'd go fish over at Lake Bowen. We'd go fish over at Lake Lure. We'd go fish over at the pond. And then we'd take them to my buddy's pond and stock it. That's our job. That's our job. Our job is to stock the pond and let the Holy Ghost fish them out. Amen. That's our job, stock the pond. How, how good is stocking the pond if y'all been doing this way? 
She immediately, she didn't go to soul winning class. Amen. Preach on, preacher. Thank you. Amen. Amen. She didn't have to, she'd have to get begged to hand out a track. She said, I don't have no literature, but I do have the Lord. I don't have much to say, but I do got the message of salvation. When the madman of Gadarenes got born again, everybody, he had a reputation of being naked, living where dead people live, cutting himself, screaming and hollering. Would y'all agree? And when he met Christ, he had another reputation of sitting at the Lord's feet, having clothes on, and becoming an evangelist to the tender city region called Decapolis. And the next time Jesus comes by, they're bringing sick and, and demon-possessed people, that crowd that wanted him gone. Hey, man, y'all do remember that story in Mark 5, don't you? I'm, I'm trying to find some Bible readers. Y'all remember the story in Mark 5, don't you? When all them demons came out of the league, all them demons came out. And they went in hogs, and God invented country ham. Yep. Amen. That's why it's all right to eat it. Yeah. Lester Roloff says, you better eat it here. There ain't going to be nothing there. Well, I'm going to eat it here. I mean, pigs jumped in salt water, washed up country ham. They might have got rich. I said, amen. Amen. Thank God. Y'all remember that story, don't you? I mean, I mean, thank God. Them hogs had better sense than some people. They'd rather be dead and full of the devil. Hey, man, they had more sense than some folks. Y'all, y'all know the story. Well, here this man is sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And Jesus, when he wants to go with him, he said, no, stay right here. I want you to go to Capus. He says such a great message that the next time Jesus shows up on their shore, folks is believing, folks is getting saved. That's what happened at the woman of the well. That's what happened to that crowd when he came back. And that's what happened in Landrum, South Carolina and all the places we live in Chesney. Hey, man, in Campobella and Emmon and all over the place. If God would help us to Tell the good news, is not this the Christ? We see the power of the Son, the purpose of the Son. See the providence of the Son. And then in our text now in John chapter number 6 and verse number 42, flip over one page. <laughs> in John chapter 6 and verse 42, we see the presence of the Son. We saw the greatness, amen, the grind, the glory, the grace Thank God for the glow. Look in John chapter number 6 and verse number 42. I love this text. John chapter number 6 and verse 42. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Well, let's walk through the text in John chapter 6. Look back in verse number 37. Amen. Look, look back in 37. All that their father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, I'll in no wise cast out. Jesus is feeding them. Hey, man, with that little bit, we all remember that little basket that was brought to him. He's feeding them. Hey, man, here's what he says. All that their father giveth me. In other words, we can't come to God unless the father gives us to him. And in, look what he said in verse number 39. And this is the father's will that has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, 
me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. So he's preaching, he's telling the truth. He said, all that the Father giveth me, he said, he came down from heaven. He said, when the Father gives me, I ain't gonna lose none. Look in verse number 44. He makes it even plainer. No man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. I'll raise him up the last day. That's why we don't believe in easy believism. Amen. I believe we ought to knock on screen doors. I believe you ought to drag them to church. How I many you ought to compel them to come in? Amen. You ought to uh, bribe them to come in, beg them to come in, hey, bargain with them to come in, do anything you get to come in. But when it's ultimately, it's going to be the Holy Ghost that has to convict the soul. Because nobody, nobody can call him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. And God, the Holy Ghost has to deal with a person. And when God draws him to himself, he said, Everybody that comes, I'll in no wise cast out. So he's saying, the Father giveth them to me. He's saying, I came down from heaven. He said, all that the Father gives me, I lose none. And then he says, the Father draws them and I turn none away. Then in verse number 48, he says, I'm the living bread. And verse, or I'm the bread. And verse number 51, he says, I'm the living bread. And verse number 63, watch what he says in verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profit nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I mean, he's preaching to them. He's telling them the truth. Hey, man, and watch what happens. Here's what happens in John chapter 6 and verse number 43. They're learning from Christ. Sounds like Mark and Matthew. They're loathing Christ. But here's what's going to happen. They're going to see a leading Christ. He came to this earth to give his body a ransom for many. Instead of receiving him, the ones he came to oftentimes rejected him. I wonder today, in 2023, how many people have a question of who he is? I wonder how many people say, well, he's just another man. Well, he's just another prophet. Well, you know, he was born, he is born in questionable situations. Just, if, if preacher, just man wrote the book. But there's no way seven times in your King James Bible, we only dealt with six, that when people had a question, their question was answered oftentimes before it was ever asked. Matter of fact, they stated it as a statement. John 4, is not this the Christ? Now, in our text in John chapter number 6, they've seen a bunch of stuff. Y'all know John chapter number six. Hey man, it was the message of the bread. They were learning about bread. Hey man, they were, they were learning about living bread. And Jesus took, hey man, hey man, five sardines and a couple hush puppies and fed 5,000 men plus women and children and they left with 12 doggy bags. That's pretty good eating right there. And nobody, hey man, and when he set them down, they're in the desert, but when he set them down, he set them on green pastures. I'm glad he leads his children through green pastures. Amen. And they set in rank and they file because God's got an order. Amen. And then he passed it to the men of God and the men of God passed it to the people of God. And every single one of them fed. And they loved the picnic, but some of them didn't like to preach it. 
Amen. They liked the picnic, but and they liked the power of God, but they didn't like the preaching because preaching brings you to the crossroads. You're going to have to decide, I'm going to side with Scripture. I'm going to side with the Son of God. I'm going to side with the sermon that's being preached, and I'm going to give my life to God and be saved. I feel that tug on my heart. God's drawing me. I feel like the Spirit is compelling me to come. I just need to confess with my mouth. I need to believe in our heart that Jesus died Calvary. He was buried. On the third day he got up. Nobody dragged him out. He got up. He, amen. And he's coming back. Seated right now to right hand of the Father and coming back for us. Amen. You're going to have to bring yourself to a, a crossroads and get the question mark answered in your life. Some of them turned a question into a statement. I wonder what you're going to do this morning. Because there's probably a lot of people who had questions this morning. But I want to show you, he's the son of power. He's the son, amen, of, of providence. He's the son of pardon. He's the son of provision. It doesn't matter. He said, preacher, I just got a little. I'm like the little lad that had a little lunch. But when he gave it to the Lord, he left with a lot. I don't, maybe y'all never did this. Sometimes my stepmother would ask me. We packed our lunch. Sometimes finally she realized we weren't probably going to eat it. We wanted to eat there to look cool, you know. But we'd pack our lunch sometimes. If I ever came home with something in that lunch, she'd say, why didn't you eat your lunch? I, I got up early, I fixed your lunch for you, and I put it in your hand, and why, why didn't you eat your lunch? Can y'all imagine? Here comes a boy. Now, I, I, want, I don't have time to preach it today, or I'm not going to take time to preach it. But where'd them other baskets come from? Nobody had a basket. They all acted like they was empty. Philip didn't even believe there was enough money in the treasury to buy enough food. And there wasn't no Walmart next door. Wasn't no credit union to go get money out of. He said 200 penny worth wouldn't even buy enough bread sufficiently to feed this crowd. So what are what, what, what we going to do? Jesus did that. He knew what he was going to do. The Bible tells us he said, I knew what I was going to do. But he did it to test him. Right. Some of us right now are in a phase of, we've already been pardoned. We've experienced the power of God. We know the promises of God. We know the providence of God. But we need God to show up and provide what's needful in our life. And I'm going to tell you, if you've trusted him in every area, I just want to ask you one more time. Is not this Jesus that came and flesh, the son of Joseph, but really God the son, that went to Calvary for your sin and mine. And, and he, the Bible said, that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? The same one. Hey, he, he didn't spare the old world. That makes sense. Destroyed them with a flood. He didn't spare the angels that cohabitated with That makes sense. Reserved them in darkness. I understand that. But it blows my mind is he didn't spare his son. And he had done no sin at all, but became sin for us, even though he knew no sin, that we might be made the right. If God used his son to save your soul and allow his son to die for you, why would he not with his son freely give us all things? And Philip couldn't get it. And so he's sitting there, this question is mine. And I, here's what I believe. You don't have to agree with this. I've got some ideas in the scripture. If I ever get to where I'm giving you my idea based upon Scripture, I'm going to tell you, here's one time. 
Judas had a bag. He didn't care nothing about a basket. But 11 disciples did care about a basket. They just showed up empty, empty that day. But there was one boy that had a basket. So I think them 11 baskets of the disciples that came to do the Lord's work but were empty left filled with bread. See, some of us come in the doors and we're, we're empty. I know you saved, you got a basket. But you ain't, you ain't got much in it. You, you, you need something in it. And God can do a whole lot with leftovers. And if you'll just let him, he'll fill you up. Maybe, maybe them disciples looked, kept their basket. Maybe that boy took that basket home. Couldn't you imagine him getting home? Basket filled with fragments. And the mama says, it looks like you ain't done nothing but play with your food. And how do you have more food now than when you left? And he said, "Woo, mama, let me tell you about the day. He said, I went down there. He said, I got my belly filled because the Bible said they were all filled. They didn't just take a little and leave a little. They were filled. He said, mama, look at my belly. It's sticking out like this. I got a basket full because I met not just, hey, man, I got to meet the Lord today. Hey, man, my life was changed because I met the Lord. And I don't know if y'all ever heard the primitive quartet sing that old song. Hey, man, about to thank God that day of them. He met the basket. Probably had that basket on the mantle. And his grandkids said, what's so special about that basket? He said, glory to God, that's the one that I put in the Lord's hand. You know what? If we just put our little bit in the Lord's hand. We'll have something to tell our grandbabies about. Amen. And if you've come in empty today, he can fill your basket. Why, preacher? Because he's the son of power. Why, preacher? Because he's the son of promise. Why? He's the son of prophet. He's the son of pardon. He's the son of provision. He's got what you need. Anybody in here need a need filled today? Let's all stand with your heads bowed. Miss Bethany's coming. I wonder why we're praying. I wonder if you 